Sometimes, Father, we think that we need more. We need more to, to glorify you. We need more to honor you, God. Sometimes we feel we have to put on a show to glorify you, to honor you, God. And all you want is a hallelujah, a hallelujah for us to praise you, almighty God. So, God, we say thank you. Thank you, God. Because honestly, you know we have nothing else fit for a king. Nothing else fit for a king. Nothing. So, God, I ask that you continue to have your way in this service, God. Continue to anoint us, God. And I pray the anointing over your word today, God, that you move me aside and let your word come forth to speak to the hearts and the minds of your people. Holy Spirit, continue to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I just want to say that we had an awesome weekend. An awesome weekend. The ladies had their retreat uh, this weekend, and then we came back and fellowship out in the parking lot with the community, with each other, uh, over great food and football. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And I noticed that um, it's cancer awareness month, right? And a lot of y'all wearing pink um, in support of that. But we have some that's in our presence today that, can, that God can be glorified through. We have two breast cancer survivors today. Ms. Baycoat and Ms. Edie, breast cancer survivors. Let's give them the hand. Let's, let's give God a hand for them, for those survivors. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, church, I ask you, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? We're going through a devotional in the uh, book of Psalms. And this week, one of, one of the uh, presenters gave a testimony, and he talked about how um, he has this wonderful job at a great university, great university, and he's one of the highest paid employees at that university. Um, his family is well. His marriage is great. Um, his, he has the car that he wanted, the dream car. He actually built his family home, built his family home. And he's been grateful for all of that, all of that. And he said about four years later, everything started to drastically change. The university didn't renew his contract. About a month later, thieves broke into his house, stole his, his, his TVs, stole his laptop, all his things on it, his phone. Stole his prized car. And before he knew it, his family was breaking apart, was falling apart under that pressure. And he felt like he had lost everything that he worked so hard for. All of those earthly 
possessions that he had worked so hard for was taken from him. And he felt like his life was done. And he said the only thing that he felt like he had was his eternal salvation. That's it. When all of his possessions left him, all he felt like he had was his eternal salvation. If we are honest with ourselves, how many times that our lives may have been seemed like we were falling apart. The people separating from us. And all we have is God. The never-changing hand of God. And if you look at it, church, that's really the only promise we have. That is the only promise we have. He's the only one that doesn't change in our life. That we can count on that will always be there. No matter how much we mess up, no matter who lets us down, no matter what we have or don't have, he is the promise that he will always be there. I remember when I um, started here at Capital City Church, I was seeking peace in my life. And my wife told me the only way that I would find that peace is to know God. So I made a commitment to know the God that could bring me that peace. That was almost eight years ago. And I know that God. And he's blessed me with that peace that I so much needed, that eluded me for so long. So now I don't seek that peace. I seek the one who brought me that peace. He brought me that peace. And every day above ground, something tells me I'm going to need him. <laughs> so every day above ground, church, I seek him. I seek him, as we all should. God wants us to seek him. He wants us to know him. Every one of us want to be known and every one of us want to be, what, loved. God has those same desires, to be known and to be loved. God wants us to know his peace. God wants us to know his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his love. God wants us to know that he will protect us. God wants us to know that he cares for us. God wants us to know that he will provide for us, church. When we put God first, we worship him. When we put him first, we trust him. We put him first, we thank him. And when we put him first, we don't depend on our version of things or no one else's version of things. We go to him. We go to him. When we rely on God, rather than ourselves or anyone else, we put him first, church. 
We seek God first when we go to him for comfort, when we go to him for strength, when we go to him for reinsurance of our choices or the decisions that we make. We seek God by acknowledging him of who he is. He is the one true God. He is the beginning and the end of all things, church. All things. We seek God by acknowledging what he can do. He is the God that can turn things around for you. Everything is created by him and what? For him, church. For him. That sounds like someone we ought to seek, right? Sounds like someone we ought to seek. 1 John 35 through 38. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? As followers of Christ, what are you Seeking, church. What are you seeking? We must ask ourselves, church. How would you answer Jesus? As Jesus' followers, how would you answer Jesus? The disciples didn't answer the question saying, what they are seeking. They answered the question by saying who they were seeking. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. Church, if we are seeking the happiness that comes from money, then we will live a life chasing that happiness. If we are living a life seeking happiness for success, good luck. Good luck. As we see in the world, that could be great disappointment. If we live a life seeking security, you always be afraid. You always live in fear. But if you live a life seeking Jesus, you will have true joy. You will have true happiness, and you will have true peace. Amen? It will be yours. See, true happiness don't come from seeking things. True happiness comes from seeking Jesus. 
comes from seeking Jesus. That means we seek Jesus not for what he can do, but who he is. Who he is. We go to the Lord about a lot of things in prayer. One of them is provision. We ask him for great wealth to make sure our bills are paid. We ask him to clear our debts. See, we seek God. We go to him for health. To make sure we're well in our bodies. We all want to live a long and healthy life, church. We seek God for comfort. When we go through grief. When we go through sorrow. When we go through disappointment. And we seek God for all those other blessings outside of our needs, don't we? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Because Jesus knows our needs. And he desires to provide for us. Matthew 6, 31-32. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for the Gentiles? Seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows we need food. God knows we need clothing. God knows we need shelter. God also knows we want nice homes. We want nice cars. We want name brand clothing. We want the name brand, the best furniture. God knows that we desire wealth. He knows that. Seeking these types of things sometimes outside of our necessities can be seen as seeking the hand of God. The hand of God. Seeking God for what he can do for us instead of who he is. But again, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with this. But there is a deeper relationship that God desires for us to have with him. And it's more than just his blessings, church. It's more than just his blessings. He wants us to seek him for who he is, not because of what he does for us. Those gifts, those blessings come with the relationship. Let us not allow that to be the reason for the relationship. Are you seeking God, or are you seeking what God can do for you? Let us be honest. Let us be honest with ourselves. Because, let's remember, we cannot fool God. God is not mocked. God is definitely not deceived. He knows us. He knows everything about us, church. He knows the nature of our very heart. He knows it. He knows it. He knows our innermost thoughts, our innermost feelings, our innermost desires. He is the all-knowing God. All-knowing God. So we can't get nothing over on God. 
He knows what we need. He knows what we desire. He knows whether or not we're being truthful or not. He knows that we're, if we are seeking him for all the right reasons or we're seeking him for all the wrong reasons. The Lord knows the desires of our hearts. How great is that? The Psalm of David. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. To delight yourself in the Lord is to enjoy all the blessings found in him. The blessings are his grace. The blessings of his mercy. The blessings of his peace. The blessings of his love. And the great blessing of his presence, church. His presence. David was the expert. Out of anyone in the Bible, David was the one. And he lived a life of great blessings because of it. Because of it. David never let his pride, his pride keep him from the presence from the overwhelming presence of God when someone delights themselves in him. See, when you delight yourself in the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, that may get just a little bit overwhelming. A little bit overwhelming. When you delight yourself in something, or someone, you take great pleasure in it. And you show it. You take great pleasure in it, and you show it. It's like a few weeks ago when we was Family and Friends Day, when we delighted ourselves in that great buffet of food, right? And how did we show it? While we was eating, we was smiling, we was laughing. We had great joy off of that food, right? We showed it. And that's how David was with God. He was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. He delighted himself just in the presence of God. Just in the presence of God. Not only in the great blessings, but in the presence of God. He could never get enough of God. David could never get enough of God and he lived a life of great blessings for it. And that's how we should be. We should never get enough of God. Never get enough of God. We should seek God with reckless abandon, church. Reckless abandon. Reckless abandon. Because on the other end of that it's blessings. It's blessings. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, on the other end of that seeking is great blessings. It's great blessings. To receive the desires of our heart, we must delight ourselves in the Lord. Delight ourselves in the Lord, that means to enjoy all the blessings found in him. Because, church, they are for, from him. Because they are from him, not 
just for our benefit, not just for our benefit. We acknowledge those blessings. They are for from him. Amen. A person who delights in the Lord values the giver more highly than his gifts. A person in the Lord delights, a person who delights in the Lord values the giver more highly than his gifts. Now, I'm not big on receiving gifts. I love to give gifts, but I'm not big on receiving gifts. Because receiving sometimes to me can be a little overwhelming, to be honest, to be overwhelming. Because I think about someone taking time out of their day, out of whatever they're doing, to think enough about someone else to give them a gift. That if you grasp that, that can be overwhelming. That someone would think of you that way. The giver is always greater than the gift, church. The giver is always greater than the gift. James tells us every good and perfect gift comes from above. We know because our Lord God is good and he is what? He is perfect. And we can't expect God to give anything contrary to his will or the Lord's glory. Or the Lord's glory. Listen to what he says. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. I will do. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? If your request is in harmony with his will, God may grant it because he gets the glory. Because he gets the glory. Those words are words of comfort to the disciples as Jesus got ready to depart from the earth. He's showing them that he's still working within their midst, church, within their midst. Just because we can't physically see Jesus doesn't mean that we're alone. Doesn't mean that we're on our own. Doesn't mean that he's not what? With us. With us. This is a call to turn to him in prayer and a reminder to ask in my name. In my name, he says. Not just uh, in Jesus' name, amen, after a prayer, no. But it's about giving God glory. It's about giving God glory. The focus of our prayers should ultimately be about God's glory, not our comfort. Not our comfort. God was glorified in Jesus' death. He was glorified in the death of his son, not his comfort, not his comfort, church. When we make requests and pray, we must make sure that it lines up with his will. Make sure that it lines up with his will. So what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Matthew 6, 33. 
Jesus says, but first. Jesus says, but first. And I ask you, what are you seeking? Because Jesus says, but first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The will of God. The will of God. Seeking his kingdom and seeking his righteousness. This is about God. Seek, this is about seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, church, as a priority for our lives. That's what this is about. Seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness as our priority for our lives while God take care of everything else, even our needs. But we must first. We must first, church. That's his promise. I know you have dreams. I know you have goals. I know you have desires. I know you have wants. But Jesus says, but first, but first, seek the kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. As believers, as Christians, we are urged. We are urged to seek his kingdom and his righteousness above all else, church. Above all else. To seek means to search after. A consistent, consistent uh, drive to obtain something. To obtain it. God's righteousness and his, and his kingdom is not something that we passively seek. It's something that we must actively seek every day within our lives. Every day within our lives. God's kingdom. Which Jesus says we are to what? Seek. Before you won't, seek. The spiritual realm over which God reigns as king. As king. The Lord demands that his kingdom rule be first in our hearts and in our lives. He demands that. And when that is missing, when that is missing, we have found the key to our problems. To our problems. When God's kingdom rule is not present in our lives, that is the reason for most of our struggles. That is the reason for most of our struggles, church. God's kingdom is where his glory is. It's where his authority is. His power reigns supreme over all else. All else. He wants us to seek that First, within our hearts and within our lives, church. First and foremost, first, God wants glory from our lives. He wants authority over our lives. He wants power, his power lived out in our lives. That is seeking God's kingdom for our lives, church. Now, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that to get what you want? 
to get what you need to get what you desire. Are you willing? God's glory, his authority, his power are supreme and on display in heaven. In heaven. Where he reigns as king. But God's will is that his kingdom also reign here in the earth. Here in the earth. And as we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray the Lord's Prayer for God's kingdom to come. For his will to be done on earth. On earth. His glory, his authority, his supreme power to come on earth as it is in heaven. That means we are praying. We are praying for God's glory. We're praying for his authority. We're praying for his power to reign supreme on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done, God. Let your kingdom come, God. Let your glory come, God. Let your authority come, God. Let your power come, God. Let your kingship come, God. Let your lordship come. That is what we are to be seeking for our lives. First. First, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How does God's kingdom come within the earth? How does God's kingdom come within the earth? How does his glory come within the earth? How does his power come within the earth? How does his authority come within the earth? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ lives in the heart of every one of you who believes. Of every one of you who believes. It comes through his people. It comes through his people. And it will come through his people until Jesus comes back again. It will come in the lives of those who do his will. It will come in the lives of those who do his will. Thy kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are heirs of God's kingdom through Jesus Christ, who himself is where the kingdom of God is found. It's found. And we are to seek it through Jesus. The Bible tells us that God has given Jesus all the authority, all the power, all the glory in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. And under the earth. Christ has the keys to the kingdom of God. And we must seek after those keys. We must seek Christ. We must seek Christ. Above all else. Above all else. The disciples seeked 
the Lamb of God. They seek the Messiah. We ought to seek the Lamb of God. We ought to seek the Messiah. We ought to seek Jesus Christ. That is where his kingdom is found. And when we seek Jesus Christ, we seek God's kingdom. And we must seek his rule in our lives and over our lives. Above all else, all his power, all his glory, all his authority, all of it. And through our belief and our faith in Christ, we have received the power of the Holy Spirit, church. That will allow us to display God's kingdom within the earth. Within the earth. Through his people. How God's glory is seen? Through his people. How God's authority is seen? Through his people. How God's power is seen through his people. That's you. That's you. You bring God's kingdom within the earth because Christ lives where? In us. Luke 17, 20 through 21. Being asked. 